0: You're listening to Tech Talks, the new podcast from Broadcast Tech. My name is Jake Bickerton, and I'm the editor of Broadcast Sport and Broadcast Tech magazines. Today I'm talking to Ben Powell Jones, head of original programming at the Lab Bible Group. He's talking about the content his team are creating for the social media giant and where they are finding their biggest audiences.
1: I think the really big exciting stat for me is that of 18 to 34 year olds in the UK with a Facebook account, 82% are subscribed to us. My career is in TV. I started in Indies and then I did a few years at the BBC. And then the bulk of my career was in Endemol Shine. What I really worked in was formatted entertainment. And that was the thing that Lad Bible wasn't doing. And that was what the conversation that I had was about is how do we start doing stuff where it's not every episode is the first time. They had not got anyone from a background of creating, I don't want to say TV shows, because that's not what we're trying to do, but mm. I think we just standardised entertainment where people can watch one episode and then understand whether they'll like the full series.
0: That brings us on really nicely to the stuff that you're doing on your YouTube channels, and I'm sure across your other social channels, such as The Gap, Agree to Disagree, Shocking Answers, where you've got a very obvious format that as you say can be done episode by episode and people understand straight away what they're getting. Is that something that you've created?
1: Yeah they they all come from my team. It tends to be that each person does one specific thing. I see. So one person is doing the kind of celebrity games, one person is doing the gap, one person's doing the agree to disagree but we're all working together. What we're really trying to do is use data to evolve not just series by series but episode by episode that's a really exciting thing to me Um, we can a b test a single episode and we can literally change the edit episode by episode our audience is very very verbal for example with the gap one of the decisions we made early on is we wanted them on stools not chairs because chairs you sit back stools you lean in and we wanted to have that kind of intimacy where we fell down was we we sort of uh, got the cheapest stools we could and (laughs) Was, there was well, the top rated comment on our higher, highest performing video of The Gap. The most thumbs up goes to the comment where someone's just written, get these people some better chairs." <laughs> <laughs> Series two, they're on nice stills.
0: <laughs> um, and th- this data, what, what kind of uh, data are you capturing and are you using to make your decisions?
1: So what the data really helps to do is you can go, okay, when did people stop watching? Or you can say... Did these people get through the hook? One of the things that we can do is use the data to decide how we're measuring success metrics because we might look at a load of views and a really high number and go, brilliant, that's a success. Mm. But then we might look at something like the David Attenborough episode of The Gap, which actually in terms of that series has one of the lowest number of views, but it's the third most engaged video on our YouTube channel. So the people who are watching it are watching the entire thing. If a video goes out and it has low views and we all agree it's not good, that's a problem. Yeah. If we agree a video is a good quality piece of content that is pushing the Bible brand forward and it doesn't necessarily get a lot of views, but the ones that do are very engaged, I think Mm. we'd all consider that a success.
0: The coronavirus stuff that you're putting out, I've got a couple of things here. There's coronavirus diaries and something called coronavirus cutting through. Could you talk a little bit about what these are?
1: With coronavirus, it's something we want to be very careful about. And we're aware that people want to be informed, but they also want an escape. Mm. So we're not necessarily leaning hard into coronavirus content. What we're trying to do is very carefully pick things that we think our audience want to consume. With cutting through that one that you mentioned, what we were very keen on doing is trying to get away from sensationalism and fear. A lot of our comments are about how scared people are, and what we wanted to do is go, okay, it is scary, and it's not a fun time, but let's try and get some proper stats around this that actually might tell a different story to what's in your head. We work closely with the World Health Organization, continuing to work around that with the NHS, with MIND, British Red Cross, and many more charities. We're currently looking at a piece with A refugee and immigration charity who we worked with on The Gap and they're very keen to highlight the plight of people who don't have a home to stay in during this time. To go back to your other uh, question about the corona diaries, we've connected up a a young Spanish, a young English, a young Chinese and a young Italian. Uh, They didn't know each other before but we've put them together in uh, a technology app very similar to the one we're using now (laughs) and what's interesting about it is we've chosen countries that are in different stages so what you find is the Chinese person can be quite reassuring to the Italian, yeah. because what she can say is this is awful, but we're starting to see green shoots now. Likewise, the Italian uh, had some questions for the British contributor about the toilet roll situation. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely interested because initially <laughs> they didn't they didn't bulk buy it.
0: And is this going to be something that's a regular se- series as well, or is this like a one off?
1: We're going to do it every week hmm. and we're going to do it every week for as long as it feels like people want it and as long as it feels like it's relevant.
0: The other formats that you have, the existing formats, the ones we mentioned earlier, like the Gap and Agreed to Disagree and things, have you, and, and if not, are you planning to do a remote version of those using these kind of platforms or are you just going to put production on hold?
1: We had just filmed series two of The Gap and series two have Agree to Disagree. So we have a lot of content. We're definitely having conversations about making quarantine episodes. If it, If there's a way we can do a quarantine piece that will give the viewers a genuinely different view on something, then yes, we might, we might do that. It's something we're talking about for sure
0: obviously in advance when you're creating new formats you kind of know from experience what might work for your audience can you just say oh those guys they'll probably like this or that or is it not quite as you know cut and dry as that
1: it's a really good question and i think what we need to look at is if we're making something in this specific area that content would fall into is it good quality so if someone likes a documentary are we making a good quality documentary if someone likes a compilation of cute animals is it are the animals cute of Anything can do well. It's, we've just got to be sure that whatever we're making is decent quality. And, you know, we don't always get it right. That content you could consider a failure, but the data is still valuable because now we know not to do that again.
0: Do you create um, bespoke content for each of the different platforms? Uh, you know, if you're doing the gap, say, is the same content pushed out across each of the different platforms or do you vary it depending on yeah where it's
1: going every piece of content we make has five edits we have the square facebook me and my team do youtube and then we have a twitter edit on facebook we put swear words in but bleep them on twitter we don't have any swear words at all so we have to edit around that we've got tiktok and instagram which have very very mild variations in them but then obviously we have to recut to a vertical things are starting to become clearer to us with tiktok but it's very much the one that we are working to understand better.
0: Few trends that you're seeing, I guess, across the different social platforms. Are they changing, shifting because of the of what people are watching over the pandemic, or is it quite similar to before? I mean, you mentioned before about the escapism and the need to find content that's you know maybe a bit more lighthearted than something you'd normally watch.
1: Yeah, it is shifting. Um, we've seen a universal uplift in social media use. We've seen 30% more traffic to our Bible and Tyler sites, where something like Facebook might be used on a commute. Right now, it might be used in bed before people get up. I always think when I'm making videos for it, I always think if I'm in queue for Starbucks, can I have a meaningful interaction with that video? So if it takes three minutes to get going, the answer is no. Whereas when I'm just getting up out of bed, I can put on a video and actually, if I'm enjoying it, I can give myself an extra minute to finish it off what people are watching can vary from platform to platform and actually that's always the case so as an example of our celebrity games first impressions is our worst performing on facebook it always is and our highest performing on youtube it always is i think the thing that's really exciting for me with the original content is we're not trying to be tv what what we're really not trying to do is go oh, that show was really good. If it had more budget, it could be on TV. What we're trying to see is what is our version of a long-form piece that people on social media want to watch? And I think we've learned a lot about that in the last year. And the way I always think of it in my head is, it's about what is the value to the viewer? Because if you and I, Jake, went to a, a restaurant and it was all the food was served on gold plates with gold knives and forks, but the food was terrible, we wouldn't go, oh, great, let's go back there. It's the values in the wrong place, isn't it? I came from TV. um, The budgets were very, very different. When I first arrived, I was trying to think, how do we make this look really good? But actually, what I quickly realised is, really, it's not about how it looks. It's about what is the connection that a viewer has to it that keeps them watching for another 10 seconds, another 10 seconds. We shoot everything in 4K. We're making this right for us. And then if it's also right for someone else, we can scale up. We have future-proofed. And we are in lots of exciting conversations with people who have seen what we've done and are interested to say, how could we re-edit that for our platform?
0: What kind of viewing figures are you getting with some of this original content?
1: Well... The viewing figures that we're getting are, are pretty exciting because I think what the first two series that the original series did agree to disagree and the gap showed is we got very clear, high performing and low performing episodes. And then we drilled into those episodes. And I believe we've used that effectively to come back on series two on YouTube alone. The war episode of the gap has uh, topped 15 million views now. Uh, that's really exciting for us. Um, yeah. Likewise, the cops vs robber have agreed to disagree. That hit 1.3 million on, on YouTube alone. The Tyson Fury episode of The Gap that we did on, on, on mental health and depression, mm. um, that did fantastically on Twitter for us. I think that hit out almost 2 million by the end. I think The Gap season one is up to about 40 million across platforms now. What we're looking at is because Lab knows it can get high numbers, we're looking at what are the breakthroughs platform by platform? Where are we taking Mm -hmm. viewers to a place that they haven't really gone before on each specific platform and how are we having those successes? They're the kind of really exciting bits for us.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe now so we've got plenty more where this came from.